0: You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the Pod Station. Okay. Welcome
1: to another episode of Go Fish, the marketing tips podcast, where each week we cover a different topic that hopefully will try and make the most out of your budget. We have Chris Roxburgh. Hello, sir.
2: Hello, everybody. Um, good to be here for another podcast thoroughly
0: enjoyed the last one hope the listeners did
1: indeed and we have elaine
0: atherton great to be here again yes indeed looking forward to it
1: now because our dulcet tones aren't enough we have ourselves a guest this week he is a man of great standing in the merseyside region he's worn a suit which makes me feel awful scruffy because (laughs) i am not um it is john haynes how you do my friend fantastic mark and thanks for the invite everybody well thank you very much for coming yeah indeed um this week we're going to cover (laughs) network marketing as our topic so we're going to have a look at at all the things that we feel um are good about network marketing we're also going to discuss how perhaps you can do it a little bit better or make the most of it i think uh, in particular uh, just before we go on we are on all the social media platforms so we're on linkedin instagram twitter and facebook it's go underscore fish marketing please like and follow us post your comments on there as well we love feedback if you've got any questions you can contact us on there or you can send us an email to uh, gofish at the what else oh you can subscribe to our podcast. We're on all the main platforms. So we're on Apple, Google, Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. So you can get us on those. And if you subscribe, it means that when we upload a new show, it will automatically download on your phone. So you can't get much easier than that. We also love our five-star reviews. If you do that, we get bumped up the table a little bit and more people can find the show. I think that's everything. Have I sold everything I can possibly sell? I haven't sold my soul yet, but that's up to grabs. pretty comprehensive, that one. Yeah, well well done me. So we'll go on to the first part of the show, which is the news section each week. We try and pick out some useful nuggets that might help you in the world as a whole. Uh, Elaine, I'm going to start with you because you've got a couple of news items. Uh, what have we got going on in the world?
0: Well, I have. I've got a, a couple here. Um, one which is really, really right up my street is could invisible barcodes revolutionise recycling? I'm I'm big on the. Um, environment I hate the whole way you know things are going on so for me this one was a really interesting read so uh, it sort of goes like this so many of us of course struggle to decide what we should recycle and what we shouldn't at home Um, and of course sorting plants have the same problem so what um, some amazing person has come up with is Uh, an invisible code that sits within the barcode so in these recycling plants um, they can distinguish which where these things should go and where they should be sorted so you know could this be something of the future absolutely um and there are a couple of major big brands trialing at the moment so procter and gamble nestle and pepsico are all trialing it interestingly though and this is the the power of of the people which uh, i really love is it um this was all brought together by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, which is a charity that aims to accelerate the transition to a circular economy. So I think that's a really great story in itself, isn't it? The power of the people and the impact that we can have. Um, and of course, you get some great big brands involved in it, and um, you, you know, you're know you going to push it forward even quicker. So I think that's a really good story.
2: It is a good story, and I'm relieved that you said that the separation would be at the recycling plant, because I had visions of even more bins sitting outside and our own personal <laughs> scanners to uh, to scan the barcodes of all the various products. But that that's uh, you, you've allayed my fear there You need today. a
1: PhD in waste management these days, <laughs> don't you? Which, which bin does it go in now, don't we? But it's good for the planet, yay yes. planet. Uh, what do you think, John? <laughs> uh, with,
3: with my eyesight, I keep getting sold off because I, I put the rubbish out in, in early morning and I always put this in the wrong bin. Yeah, have blue bins, being, and I can't see the colour. So I get told off when I go home. So being an inventory,
1: suspect your blue bin's well looked after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I put everything in the blue bin, <laughs> <laughs> everything.
1: Oh, it's God. the most reliable one, isn't it, John? <laughs> Quite right, Mark. It just yes. lets you down when you're trying to wheel it yeah. into the bin yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so that's a cool news story. I'm going to throw one of mine into the hat, which is that Facebook's decided to change its branding. Mm. Now, at first glance, you probably wouldn't necessarily notice. Change the branding? It's very subtle, yeah, it is. I suspect they're probably trying to move away from a lot of the uh, corporate identity issues that they've perhaps developed over the last few years with the data breaches and the uh, political influencing uh, that's been going on over the last few years. So they have... They've gone through a little bit of a rebrand. Now, for you guys, obviously, who won't have a Facebook budget, you won't be able to afford to have your own bespoke font created. <laughs> um, I know you're all desperate to have one. I guess it's another example. We mentioned it a few few weeks ago about how rebranding sometimes is quite an important thing to do, just to give your your business a new Ooh. look and paint. And it can be subtle if you look at the Facebook one. It is very subtle change, but it can be done uh, without it costing the earth. You can phase it in so you don't have to buy new everything from day one. You don't have to rebrand everything from day one. Uh, and if you need a professional to do it, I'm just saying, um, I'm, I'm here for <laughs> plug, you guys. Plug, plug. Yeah, yeah, outrageous. You did a good job on Facebook. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, thank you. Uh, I'll be sending the invoice to Facebook. Um Elaine have you got another
0: one I have one and it's very topical it's um, the little elf on the shelf um, and all those who've got young children will absolutely um, know what I'm talking about completely uh, I just love the whole concept of it. it's really sweet isn't it although my children are much older now and we, they sort of missed out on the elf on the shelf but if you haven't heard of it it's, it came from America and I think it started there about 10 years ago and we've sort of inherited it if you like and the idea is is this little elf moves around the house through the course of December and and it watches all the children to make sure they're being good. Um, and then just before Christmas, apparently, um, they, he then goes back to Santa to tell Santa whether you've been good or bad. You mean he's a grass? Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I know. So, um, so got, you know, keep on the best side of the elf on the shelf is, is the uh, moral of the story. But... Or slip
1: him a 20.
0: <laughs> uh, but I suppose the, the thing is, is it wouldn't have been as powerful as, as it has been without the power of Facebook and people taking photographs of this elf doing all sorts of very unusual things I've seen. Um, and but uh, so it's really, yeah, it's, it's really pardon the pun given this elf legs. Um, and it's just growing and growing and growing over the years. So. It can be used for
1: businesses. I mean, if you have a nursery or a school, pet shops. I um, think
2: we might find it appearing in our own uh, Facebook feeds, don't you? Oh, my God, mm. yeah.
1: Do you know what? We could, Gerald. <gasps> oh, yes. Gerald. Yeah. Gerald can have a month of being naughty. He'd have a chum. <laughs> who's, Ge- <laughs> who's Gerald? Gerald is our mascot at our networking oh, group. Oh, right. um, yeah. For the benefits of the listeners, <laughs> um, the, the, the group we're in, we, we, we have, as we will probably explain a bit more in detail when we get to the main topic, um quite often people have joked about how sometimes it's a bit of a weird cult type approach being in sort of a a close group like the one that we're in so we jokingly introduced stuff gerald as our sacrificial goat because of course we're all for animal welfare which it would have been (laughs) inappropriate to have a real one a bit Um, messy yeah and a bit messy too although we do have a carpet cleaner in the group so he would have cleaned up quite literally (laughs) John Um,
2: so we have Gerald
1: the stuffed animal who who we use to uh, indoctrinate with new members but mainly what we do is we send him out each week to a member who takes pictures of him doing whatever it is that they do for a living so if you're a an electrician you're fixing a plug and what have you and you can use it so that we, can, see, we can promote yeah. them on social yeah. media with these things that's that's the logic behind it isn't it chris it is it is <laughs> um, but that's he's what, now
2: going to have a little friend in december yeah now, now he's going to be, be accompanied with an elf <laughs> and this will make no sense to 90 percent of the people
1: <laughs> who are listening to <laughs> well, this well probably
0: 99 percent, <laughs> really if we're <I'm> honest
1: <laughs> but it makes sense to us and that's yes. oh, important yes, yes. um The other news story I had was that M&S are changing their marketing strategy slightly because, in these difficult and challenging times, um, ironically, M&S, who certainly for their food, which is usually pretty yummy, oh, they're from M&S. Oh. So M&S, and I'm looking at a donut from M&S, which Chris has bought. He was pointing this out. I think it's because he was trying to show how much money he'd spent on us. Uh, Unfortunately, the whole uh, theory of how much money he's spent on us comes crashing down with this news story because M&S want to try and challenge the perception that their food is expensive and therefore Uh out of people's price range. So they're changing their marketing strategy to actually focus on the fact that their food is very affordable, uh, Chris. So uh, well,
2: I, I felt they were affordable. It was uh, it was four for a
0: pound. So that that's, that's a good, good, good deal, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And
1: so they're trying to break Delicious. down those those preconceptions oh, that they're too expensive by 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 mm. having an actual advertising campaign that focuses on how affordable their food There's is. That right to which do a campaign, clever. yeah, Ooh, which is wow. very clever and a good way of, of bearing <clears> in mind for your business if if ultimately you feel that there is a an elephant in the room. In your industry, it's quite often a good way of just hitting the nail in the head. And yeah, it head adre-
0: address on. it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm.
1: interesting. Good. So that's the news. Now, before we go on, I should have asked at the beginning, John, would you mind telling the people, because some of the listeners won't know who you are or what you do. They'll just think that you were a member of the public who was walking <laughs> innocently by <laughs> when <laughs> Elaine accosted you. Oh, I see. And I, I tied you to the chair. <laughs> And uh, and, and, Chris, and, gave
0: you a donut. and Chris is now <laughs> interrogating,
1: yeah. So, just for the legal record, he has sat here voluntarily. Um, and the sound of chains rattling isn't the ones that are holding him to the chair. Uh, so, John, do you want to tell people about what you do for a living, what your business is, and, and, and why it is that we brought you here to help us talk about the main topic, which is network marketing?
3: Right, well, um. Hi everybody, my name is John Haynes, but I'm the Managing Director of the International Coaching Academy, and our coaching academy, we have a mission to inspire, train, and motivate 1 million people to live up to their full potential, so we give them up-to-date skills and knowledge that they can run a business, have a better life. And we, we definitely get them out of the comfort zones. But I used to be the regional director of rawson Sun Alliance, over 1,500 people. That's why my hair's lush blonde. <laughs> okay. And I learnt my skills there, so I've had lots of experience. Well, I retired, I'd say, 22 years ago. I had enough money. and I was At 21?
1: A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: and I had enough money, and I was going around the world, and I was being very naughty and I got told off and they said the way you're going you won't live much longer so I decided just to share my knowledge with coaching and next minute I start opening up the coaching academy and we've been busy ever since we're in India Australia Africa Abu Dhabi you're not
1: from Australia but from the accent no, no, no! Uh, Liverpool-born and bred, born in Liverpool. Yes, yeah. we came across you because you were actually heavily involved in a a networking group. That's right. Yeah, we we met there, didn't we? In fact, you uh, you set up the regional one years ago, didn't you? <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah.
1: Why was it that you decided you were going to get involved in setting up that sort of an organisation?
3: Well, it it was was a strange situation. This was way back 20 odd years ago. And in Wirral and Merseyside, there wasn't much going on. All all we had was the Chamber of Commerce. So I met up with Terry Hamill and he he just bought a franchise for the B&I. And he said, you seem to know a lot of people. So we started the B&I off then. Um, but in those days, people wanted a network. And I, I started seven chapters up in 18 months, all with 20 in it. But it was exciting Blimey. times.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was it that you were trying to achieve? What is the purpose of what it was you were creating? I,
3: I think it's just communication. The more people you know, the more people, you, more business you get. So it was it just, it, what, what got me more than anything else, I like getting up early in the morning. So if you go to a and i chapter at half six, that suited me. That suited me, and I found then there was like-minded people. But you built up good relationships. So over the 20 years, I've been to weddings, I've been to 20 fairs, I've been to naughty nightclubs with them all. And sadly, I've been to quite a few funerals because they've, they've been nice people. So they've always looked after me.
1: And that particular area, and this isn't a plug for b i but... Generated about twenty million pounds worth of business for its members in the last twelve months. So that gives an idea of how it's grown over the last twenty years. Yes, yeah. So you know what you're talking about when we're 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 covering this topic. I hope. Nice. (laughs) Yes. So I I guess I should pause the first question, and I'm going to fire it at Chris. What is networking or network marketing? Because it's quite a broad definition I guess.
2: It is yes. Um, Networking I suppose it's uh, as John's just said it's it's getting together with a a group of like-minded people uh, who might be prepared to to help you perhaps in return for you helping others um, because networking uh, if if, the the what's in it for me issue with uh, with most networking groups is just something that's that's not not permitted um it's got to be first at how how we can help them when we go in and see them and how they can how they can help us networking is getting to know these uh, other groups of businesses there might be 20 25 30 people in a room get to know them get to like them become to trust them um over a period of time doesn't happen immediately so networking is uh, it's it's not a sprint It it is a marathon, isn't it, John? Quite right, Chris. Happens over a period of time. You build relationships, Um, and this networking can be online. It can be it can be with networking groups that we've spoken about, Um, but it's building relationships, really, uh, long-lasting relationships that where it's going to be mutually beneficial to uh, uh, to know these people, get to know how they work, and and get to get to become to trust them.
1: And Elaine, how many different forms of networking have you come across?
0: There's sort of the, the free flow ones that you, you literally turn up and there's lots of people in the room and you just mingle. And um, usually there's a bit of a breakfast involved and coffee and you just wander around talking to people. So there's that type. And then there's the type where you do have a uh, you have a 60-minute um, opportunity to talk about your business. And then I've been to other ones where you'll sit around a table and you'll have topics you talk about on the table. And um, so, you know, I think... The, the joy of networking is there's probably something for everybody, um, really, and it, it's whatever you're comfortable with. Although I do always say to people, don't let not being comfortable with something stop you doing it because actually that might be the best thing you could have ever done. Um, so, But there's lots of different types, for sure.
1: And, John, how do you find out which one might be best for you?
3: we <laughs> are in business, and business is ruthless, and you've got to make the most valuable use of your time. So I know a lot of people identify the ideal customer and before they go to a network group they they do the research will my ideal customers be there but some people just go networking non-stop and they go way disappointed but if you can find what your ideal client is for the future then you go to that
1: group John's hit the nail on the head there with just a little bit of planning this goes back to the marketing strategy that we bang on about Repeated the Chris does indeed yes networking um
2: I think that the, the best networking functions I've been to have been the ones that uh, that will send you details of everybody that's going to be in the room in advance that's right and you can you can contact them direct either by phone or by by email and say look I'm coming to this networking meeting um I see. There's some synergy between our two companies. Can we can we can we make sure we have a chat and maybe take it outside the meeting That's as wise. well? That's mm. right. So identifying who's in the room, um, who you, who who could be of mutual uh, benefit to, to one another because it shouldn't just be all one way. It's what can I do for him, and I think he could do
1: something for me as well. or she? And mm. um, did you yeah. decide which form of networking works best for you, Elaine?
0: I think for me it's a combination, really. I, I, you know, I do like sort of chatting to people. So for me, both works really. I'd, I'd say the, just back to, to the point that you just made. Really, I'd say it's what you know will help you within your business as well. So there's definitely no point in going along to um, something if you just think I'm just going to go around and chat to as many people as possible <laughs> without some sort of plan in mind. Um, so I think it, what it's whatever way you do it that feels comfortable for you. So I think we're all individuals. Some people terrify them to death talking about their 60 seconds, about their business. It's just not right for them. Equally, other people sort of learn to get comfortable with it and actually then become really good. So um, for me, I'd say it's a combination. I do like the combination, but I have kissed a lot of frogs before I found the ones that worked for me. Put it that way. Mm.
1: (laughs) You mentioned, John, uh, the early morning start one. Now, why you would be up at that time Otherwise, God only knows. But (laughs) is is there a particular benefit that people can gain from getting up at that time in the morning to go and do the networking?
3: There's the old saying, you always do the things successful people do and you don't do the things the failures do. And around the world, successful people make a habit of getting up very early in the morning. The brain is 100% alert. So if you can go networking at half six, seven o'clock in the morning, you're you're at your best. But otherwise that time is gone. People don't make the most, they they go to work, they have a cup of coffee and it's nine o'clock. But most people, successful people like to go out and plan the day on go networking whatever it is early in the morning
2: i don't know if it was you that coined the phrase john but i do remember somebody um <clears throat> saying to me well don't forget we're finished and it's eight we've done business other people haven't said that's down right to the desks, they haven't
3: you know. even got to work yeah so
2: there's a lot to be said for the for the early morning one uh it's fair to say i'm i don't do an early morning one these <laughs> days but uh, but i have done and i, I can see
1: the value yeah It's about trial and error, isn't it? I've done the early morning ones and there is a great benefit to be gained, not least because you can get a lot done without it actually eating into your your normal day. Mm. Um, But it is quite a big commitment sometimes and I don't do the early morning ones either anymore, largely because I just find it doesn't work with my body clock.
0: No, and you know what? I'm the same. I, I get do wake up early, and I get up early, but I don't actually talk till about um, eight o'clock. Really, so I have a, after I've had my second cup of coffee, I then think. Oh, I can start talking now. So for me, I used to get to 8 o'clock at a uh, you know, 6.30 networking meeting. And I'd sort of think, zing, I'm here now. And by that time, everybody going home. So for me, it definitely didn't work the early one. But it depends on you, doesn't it, really? Well, it does, because mm. you can mm. do
1: them in the evening, can't you, as well, after work. Which, oh, right, yeah. Again, yeah. I, I tend to find I'm happy just plugging into doing work in my own little bubble. If it works for you, Yeah. I guess. That's right. Yeah. So... Is network marketing for everyone, John?
3: I would say, <clears throat> I've seen over the years, people of no, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. They've never been really, they're not good at communication. But the more they go networking, it builds the confidence up and, and people. But it is a defined skill. Some people go networking and all they want to do is sell, sell, sell. But networking, you've got to build up a trust bond. Yeah. People have got to like you and respect you. It, it it is a master skill, but because of change, everything's changing. A lot of people now they're too busy to go networking in the mornings at night time, and it's digital networking. There's so many groups popping up now. Mm. You can do it from the phone, or the, yeah, yeah. It's it's, and it's that's getting very popular now.
1: Is it for everyone, Chris?
2: Um, <clears throat> my natural reaction was to say no, it's not for everyone. However, um, I've experience similar to, to John I've seen people come to their first meeting at a networking group yeah. looking like a rabbit in headlights um, and three four five months later they're absolutely flying um, mm. so you know they're, they're, it's probably not for everyone but if if you're prepared to push yourself outside your comfort zone um, and just go that extra an extra mile you um, Face the Fear and Do It Anyway, I think, is a famous book, isn't it? And that's that's exactly what it is, because none of us like standing up and talking to a room full of peers. Um, But if you can get over it, uh, the sky's the limit, because you've you've proved that you can overcome that fear.
1: Is it worth finding a solution so that your business can still do networking if you don't feel that it is for you personally, Elaine?
0: Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the point I made earlier, I, you know, putting my sales coaching hat on, I always say to people, whatever you're doing, you've got to make sure it's working for you. And it's not, you know, try it once, oh, it didn't work. It's about trying something, learning the skill of how to make it work properly for you. Um, and if ultimately, if if networking isn't working for you two questions you ask yourself first is it am i going to the wrong networking meetings to meet the people that i can connect with uh, or is it just not the right platform for me so i think you you, you've always got to be reviewing what you do to see if it works and particularly when you like launching new products and packages which platform or which network of people have you got the most synergy with and who you can talk to so i think you've always got to keep re it really because i do things now that i didn't do two years ago um and equally, I've stopped doing things that I did because they just they just weren't the right forum for me.
1: What is your best networking experience, John? What what biggest benefit have you gained? That's a bit naughty, Mark. Isn't I it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
3: well, well, believe it or not, um, I've been to Sydney networking and Perth and it, it, especially in Abu Dhabi and. I went to many, many events in India, and I, I think the biggest networking event was 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 in India, and there was a hundred and thirty people there. And because I was a Brit, I was treated like a king. They brought garlands <laughs> around my shoulders. They gave me a gown to wear, and all the way through the meeting, they had respect they kept mentioning me and it was just incredible it, it was like uh going to a theater but you, you were the star person wow. and wow. these 130 people <laughs> were just paying attention all the time to be just up, you mom. remembered
1: everyone's name okay. <laughs> i couldn't even remember my own name <laughs> chris what's your best experience I, th- I think generally the best
2: experience is uh, it's an ongoing one it's it's having the the support and camaraderie of uh, of X number of other people in the it, within that group who you've got to know really well, and I don't think you can put a put a value on that. Yeah. Um, so it's just a simple one for me. It's the it's the general support.
1: Elaine.
0: Yeah, i I'm pretty much similar to Chris, really. I think, um, as I said before, I've kissed a lot of frogs to find the right places for me to go to. Um, and when you do it, it, you know, you know it's right for you when you feel the support in the room. You've got that synergy with people. You can laugh with people. You can do business with people. You, you know, they're in your mind when you're out doing uh, what the work that you're doing. That you, you're happy to refer these people. So, I think for me, is it's a combination of things that makes something feel feel right for you.
1: It's a great way of building relationships with people. Oh, yeah. I I, yeah. I remember when I first did networking over 10 years ago, uh, which I appreciate to you guys around the room, is probably small fry, but I still have someone who I pass work to and receive work from, who I met at that very first meeting wow. 10 years ago. And he's actually a really, really good friend. So we, we, we socialise as well. And we didn't know each other from Adam prior to that event. And I think... Mm. I think that's probably the benefit of it because you do build those long-standing relationships and if I need him to do something, he's the go-to person for doing those sorts of things. Okay, so we like to put a balanced view on things. John, so what's the worst experience you've ever had at networking? The worst experience, well... (laughs) <laughs> you got me there, Mark. R- Remember, you can't include our group in that because no,
2: <laughs> I've, 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 yeah,
1: we won't release you from the chains. Well, the,
3: these, uh, the one of the worst experiences, he said the biggest enemy of education and talking in public is the talking teacher. And we went to one networking and, and this person just got up and he talked and he talked <laughs> and, and we were all going to the toilet looking at the iPhone, but he wouldn't shut up. Mm -hmm. And we were there for an hour and a half. And then he said, after an hour and 25 minutes, now it's time to network. And everybody (laughs) just ran for the door. (laughs)
2: The
1: is just about to Uh, run. Yeah, yes. And Chris? That's a brilliant one, by the way, John.
2: I I can identify with that as well. We'll (laughs) talk about that later. Um, No, I suppose suppose mine is... uh, and again it's a fairly common one and it's it's the these sort of the new networker who you you look to you, you seek out in the room and uh, want to make them feel comfortable and all they talk about is themselves because you've asked them you you "Well, oh, what do you do it's non-stop um, and sometimes some quite experienced networkers can, can fall into that trap of just talking about themselves. Got to be a two-way street network networking. That's the meaning of the word, really. It's a network. It's not all about you or all about, uh, all about them. So that's, that crops up fairly frequently.
1: Yeah, yeah it does, yeah. Uh, Elaine
0: yeah it's yes a combination of those two really i think my, my sort of theory around networking is be be uh, interested before you are interesting um so you ask the person what they do and, and you listen to them and I you know as as you know we all know sometimes people just they they talk in a whole load of jargon that what of course straight away when it's not your expertise you're just clouding over really um so i think probably i've been talked at a lot in the past um and i think i have just got better at how i manage that really and also i look at it the other way and think well have i done that you know and you do have to question what you do say when people ask you what you do and and that's one of the things i do in in part of my training is is what what do you say when people ask you what you do and they don't want to hear all these long-winded titles that you've got they just want to hear what outcome you can provide people with and so i think um yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of mileage in that one, definitely.
1: My biggest bugbear, I, I love having a good moment, John. Uh, <laughs> my biggest bugbear is a lack of respect and understanding by people in the room about what it is that uh-huh. you do. Very I've had good. a couple of experiences, going back to when I first started, one of the reasons why I stopped doing one of the networking organisations was because a, a new person took over at the running of that meeting. Uh, and on the first day, came in, didn't introduce themselves, sat quietly in the corner. He said observing, but I think it was just I, I, Christ only knows what he was trying to achieve. Um, and he brought with him someone who conflicted about as heavily with my business as you could possibly find, and signed him up as a member and started um, splitting what I could or couldn't talk about in the Ooh, room quite heavily. Wow. And it's quite disheartening when you've been there, you've built relationships you're trying to work hard for the benefit of the room Mm. only to find that someone has come in and undermined what it is you're trying to achieve quite heavily in that way and I think sometimes people forget that that the benefit of that room is is people learning and developing Mm. a mutual benefit and respect um, so that you all get something out of it, not trying to build that room to be Make it bigger at the expense of the people who are already there because, yeah. ironically, the people who are already there you're supposed to need in order to make it bigger and better.
0: Yes. Yeah, no. you just reminded me actually um, of one of my early nightmares. Perhaps I just blotted it out because it was one of the very first few times I've been networking and uh, with lots of gusto and enthusiasm. And uh, somebody asked me what I did. I said, Oh, I'm a sales coach and trainer. And his uh, face, I can remember it now, it sort of distorted slightly, meant, Oh how awful for you (laughs) (laughs) to which i sort of probably looked slightly shocked and i i said "Uh, "Oh, what do you do and uh oh oh, he had to add it to that oh well that's a shame but somebody has to do it i was i was so quite surprised and then i said so what do you do he said well i'm an artist so i said oh that's interesting so do you do it just as a hobby and his response was no no i sell them and i said so do you sell them yourself? And he said, no, um, they sell themselves. And I said, well, when they stop selling themselves, here's my card, you might need my help. Um, So so it was a bit of of a... drop. No, it was, uh, yeah, it could have put me off though. I mean, joking apart, I think it is quite nerve wracking for people, isn't it? And you think if you get a bad experience when you start out going networking, it can really put you off if you're not sort of a tough cookie, really. I think mm. the, the
2: way you introduce yourself is so important it as is. well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if, you know, if you get introduced to, let's... Let's not pick on accountants, but let's say if you get introduced to No, go to on, Chris. You pick
1: on them, accountants. <laughs> it's uh, nearly tax time, so yeah, you get in there.
2: You, you get introduced to... Somebody said, I'm an accountant, and you know, inwardly your brain's screaming, isn't it? Because of the reputation that they've got, which is unjustified in my experience of accountants, I hasten to add. But they have this reputation for not being the most interesting people in the world. So you're looking over the shoulder. Whereas if that person had introduced themselves and uh, and, and said, uh, oh, I help people save tax. Well, you're interested. That opens yeah. the conversation up. So it's, it's getting a, a benefit of yours out there at the introduction stage to make the conversation flow from there rather than say, I'm an accountant. Yeah. End of. Um, because that doesn't really go anywhere. It's, oh, oh, good. Um, deal with numbers then.
0: Yeah. What's the best one of those opening lines that you've heard? I, I've heard a few over the years that you think, oh, that's such a great opening line when uh, people ask you what you do.
1: Grab your coat, Mark, you've pulled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think um, that was networking, though, was it? No. No, it was. Naughty uh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's quite an, an all-encompassing skill. Uh, networking John, mm. it encompasses body language uh, use of language the way you talk to people how you dress it's more than perhaps the traditional marketing that you use for your business how would you advise people to work on those sorts of skill sets because it's, it's well, not necessarily you just it's, no,
3: everything in life is a skill. There's so much change now, and the people are doing the same things they used to do two years ago—they've fallen behind. So with networking, you've got to make the most valuable use of your time. This—this this is your time. You're an entrepreneur. You run the business, and if it's a waste of time, you've lost big money. So what we've found over the years, the psychologists are adamant about this. The brain, we have 100 billion brain cells, but the brain thinks a thousand times faster than the speed of light. And when you meet a person for the first time, in 10 seconds, the brain says, I like this person, I don't like this person, I don't trust this person. But the next 20 seconds, it reinforces his judgment. And so if somebody comes up with you, they don't look you in the eye, they don't shake you by the hand, or they don't even smile, your brain says, "I'm not going to do business with that person." So you've got to be rather lit. when you go networking, you've got to smile, you've got to be positive, you've got to dress for success, and you. But more importantly, you've got to have good eye contact. Mm. And when you see a person coming into the room, if, even if the distance, you just smile at them. And oh, I like that person. I'm going to work my way over to that person. But some people don't smile. They just. I'm so suddenly the, the waste of the time.
1: That's yeah. great advice. It is, mm. yeah. John mentioned dress for success, Elaine. I'm looking mm. at you because I would never ask for any fashion sense <laughs> off Chris. <laughs> well, <that's> not... <laughs> 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 um, when he says dress for success, we're not talking about just wearing a suit, are we? It's not that traditional. You've got to go in a stage sort of format. What, what do you think people can do in order to dress for success?
0: Oh, gosh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, I, I am a believer in it, by the way. I do think, um, wh- however you present yourself, and it, we present ourselves differently in different situations, don't we? Um, but certainly, um, for me, it, it's a, it, it's all part of the mindset of how you, if you feel good about how you, you look when you walk out the door, and you feel like you're, you're dressed appropriately for where you're going, it, without doubt it's sort of it's, it gives you a, a you know a bigger high than straight off so I do believe there's a there's a lot, a lot around that and you do read people by how they they look and not not sort of whether they're you know how they're dressed as in you know where where's that from or what nothing like that but how people present themselves is is really important because you we buy we buy the person don't we whenever we buy a service we're buying the person with the service so so within that it gives us a um, and it's just just as John said, all these things go through your mind before perhaps they've even opened their mouth. So I do think there's a there's a whole thing around that that you you present yourself as you want people to see you, That's and that right. like you feel confident with.
1: I was just joking, Chris, because I'm looking
2: particularly smart
0: today.
1: <laughs> you are well. I,
2: I knew John was coming people
1: in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah. so I shall not comment on how smart I should or shouldn't be looking right now um, it's, it's true though isn't it because we have tradespeople in our group yes. who, who dress well In I believe yeah. Uh, yeah appropriately I think that's the yeah. best word yeah. for yeah. it
2: yeah, and I, to take uh, to take Elaine's point, I mean, I, I love the phrase, uh, "You don't get a second chance to make a first impression," mm-hmm. and that's that's exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Elaine. Isn't yeah, yeah. Um, but be appropriate because we, we've got an electrician. It's not it's not inappropriate for him to dress uh, down, as it were, because he's off to work.
1: But he's wearing smart branded yes. clothes, yes. so yeah. there is an element of professionalism right. to the outfit it's not just a case of he's wearing shorts and a t-shirt he's wearing something that gives you the impression that he he, he will look after you and do the job properly
0: yeah and i think as you you've said before mark it's about that's all part of your your branding if you like isn't it you know if, if you're out there with your logo on your, your shirt and or it, it it gives a representation of you as a whole yeah. i think it's it's uh it's important
1: so what sort of yeah. results are you looking for when you go network marketing, John? Well, the, the aim is just to
3: build up a relationship. When I go networking, I, I, I never really talk about my own business. I I, if I like the person, I trust the person, they've got a good product. I try to meet them later on for a coffee or the next week, whatever it is. So when I go networking, I, I, I just... Try to build another person's self-esteem, self-confidence up, and then I meet them a week later or a few days later. So ah. you build a trust bundle
1: What, what, what do you do, Chris? What, what's your aim when you're going network? If I'm
2: going to a fresh networking um, function, so not not the regular one, uh, m- my aim is to is to come away with having made two at least two decent contacts, connections within that room. Because the worst thing you can do at a, let's say it's a Chamber of Commerce do, where you, you don't know everyone. The worst thing people can do is head for the people that they know and stay there for two hours having a nice chat. I do take myself outside of that comfort zone and I look for the two people that whose business cards I want to go away with, people that I could potentially help, or vice versa. So that would be my aim.
1: Just It's fairly modest, just two people. we go to these things to generate more work Mm -hmm. understandably how we perhaps try to get there is a different way I, i know we we you ultimately aim for other benefits but chris mentioned about people taking themselves out of the comfort zone as part of the sales process what advice would you give to people to help them perhaps get over that that comfort zone
0: yeah and it's a good point isn't it um because i i've worked with a lot of people who who say oh, i can't go networking and then you sort of wait and you break it down and say well well why and and it's actually what are the what are your fears because we all have different fears and some of the fears are walking in a room full of strangers it's just like for some people it's like one of the worst things that they could do so breaking it down again well why, why is that and and often. Um, you know, we'll go to networking meetings, and we'll let know at least somebody's. And so sometimes, you know, a couple of business owners will go together. So if that's what's stopping you, get you know, get a buddy who to go with you that has also got their own business. Look at the reasons that would stop you, and think, well, how can I get around these reasons? Because there are always ways around things. Um, and what I would ultimately say is, is be prepared, is that 60 seconds, and I, I use this the 60 second thing in a lot of different ways. I say to people, it's not just just 60 seconds just standing up in a meeting like we do. Think of that 60 seconds if somebody asked you, what do you do? So you've got you've got that like as Chris said before you've got that nice opener um that can be sometimes I've heard some great quirky ones some really funny ones and you think god that's really interesting tell me more and then the middle bit of it is is it's talk about something that you solved a problem with for somebody you know you've given them an outcome tell them a little story or you know for example I help people do blah 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 so and if you've got that and you've got that bit um and then you know, the 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 final bit's actually a lot easier so for me that's say be prepared because if you're not it's that horrible feeling of thinking oh god somebody's asked me and i don't know what to say and then we waffle and then we talk jargon and then the person glazes over and we've lost interest completely or they've lost interest
1: a top tip there what top tip would you have john
3: well if you're going to go networking you're going for the, the business and there's so many businesses failing now and they say there's only there's two emotions that you've got to have. And so you've got to motivate yourself. You've got to motivate yourself to get over five in the morning, motivate yourself to be out of your comfort zone. Mm. But but if, you, if you're desperate to earn money and run a business, you've got to do it. And the two big motivations is, is fear and gain. If I don't go networking, the fear is I'm not gonna earn money this week. I won't be able to pay my mortgage. So, and the fear pushes you on but if I go networking what's the gain I could get a good refill and you've got to keep reminding yourself fear and gain and that, mm. that pushes you to get out move out your comfort zone We're
1: getting some good tips here Chris mm-hmm. what's your top
3: tip uh,
2: follow up um, we, we'll we talk to a lot of people at networking uh, functions we will be referred by, by some of our networking colleagues follow those follow those referrals up follow those new people up Make sure you've got that business card. Make sure it finds its way onto a CR- CRM system or whatever you might use. But but just follow up because that's where the uh, that's where the money lies.
0: Some of that I've seen drastically fall by the wayside of people. They end up with a little you know wad of cards, and they do absolutely nothing with them other than stick them on the end of their desk. Yeah. So, you're a good point.
1: I think have a plan is mm. is a good idea, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You Know what, good what one. why you're going what you want to achieve and how you're ultimately going to get there. It might require um, a more long-term strategy. It might be that you have to build relationships with certain people in the room because they can help you achieve that. It may be that you have to give something in order to get something back in return, Mm -hmm. but if there is a plan there, at least you can monitor how you, you're getting on with it. I think I've seen too many people who, who hear positive statistics, assume that that's just going to happen arrive with no plan and yeah, no strategy that's right fumble around in the dark for 12 months watching their money and their time be wasted yeah. and yeah. then ultimately leave because they didn't get what they were hoping for and and then they tell everybody networking it was rubbish work. yeah yeah, that's yeah.
0: Right. and it's so true isn't it that if it's not working the first person you should look at is yourself is it is that you know am i am I being clear on what I do? I know I'm clear on what I do in my head, but actually, am I verbalising that in the right way that people say, oh yeah, I get what you do? Because yeah. that's, the, that's the bit, isn't it? If we don't say, if you don't put it in a way that that person who's not the expert understands it, it's a complete waste of time, isn't it? Because it's them who's got to understand what we do. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. all very all right. interesting.
2: What about you, John? What would be your <clears throat> your... Biggest piece of advice to a new, a new networker, somebody who's just set a set up a startup company, they're looking to uh, to forge relationships. What would be the best? Well, best piece Well, one advice? thing,
3: just listen. They say eighty percent of building up a trust bond, eighty percent is listening, and twenty percent is asking questions. Yeah, but then when they say You've listened for 10 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever the case may be. And then when they say, what do you do? You've got to be prepared. And you can't waffle on, well, yeah. I do this, because the brain is too sharp and people get put off. So there's four questions what the brain likes to ask. So it's specialization, differentiation, segmentation, and concentration. So when you say, what do you do? Well, I speak specialize in this 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 and once you say specialize people look at you oh, you're a specialist I like that and their mm-hmm. self-esteem and their respect goes up and, the, and then differentiation and the reason I'm different from the competition my USP my competitive advantages is this 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 and they look mm-hmm. at you. So they know you're a specialist. They know what your competitive advantage. Is. This is why you're better than the competition. And segmentation. This this is the clients I've dealt with in the past, and and they've been loyal to me. They've given me this. And when I do get a client, concentration, I give them a hundred percent effort. Mm-hmm. And you can say that in a minute or two minutes. But the the person then is but some people just waffle on and waffle on yeah. Yeah. all the time. Yeah. That might That's be me. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's <laughs> a, lot, a lot
1: of editing goes <laughs> on in this, John. <laughs> a lot of my voice. <laughs> yeah. Chris has touched on new businesses and perhaps the good way of, of trying to approach it. What happens if you're an existing business and you've tried it but you didn't think it worked? Is that because it wasn't right for you? We you didn't, didn't do it correctly? Um, how, How do you identify the answer to those two questions and should they give it another go?
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm a big believer in analysing what you do, um, and this is all part for, for me. is part of your sales process as well. Is is wherever you're spending your money on, and what it you know, time is money, isn't it? When you're self-employed, so whatever you're your money on, you need to analyse the results. So first thing you should always do is and I did this actually this week in an audio was you have to ask yourself a few questions. Is am I speaking to the right people? But but talking in the wrong way is one thing or am I literally talking to the wrong people um, and um, and I'm, I'm saying you know the right or the wrong thing it doesn't matter if they're the wrong people you're never going to get uh, any results anyway so you have to question the, the audience we've spoken about it before haven't we whatever platform you use whether it's on social media you have to look and think are these people right for me am I saying the right thing so you've got to be very self-critical I think um, and be be honest with yourself so you can change if you need to change
1: Chris what happens if you're a business that already does network marketing um, and is doing really well from it do you stick with what's working do you try and do the same but somewhere else so are you multiplying um, how much networking you're doing or will that dilute your ability to do it effectively
2: I would stick with what you're doing, to be honest. Uh, other people may have different views, but um, <clears throat> if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, let's uh, let's be honest. We we've probably all tried to do more networking than just the one uh, per per week. It doesn't work. You spread yourself far too thinly. Your list of contacts becomes duplicated. You split the um, you split the effort. Um, and I think if it's going really well for you, stick with it, monitor it, and wait until such time as maybe the uh, um, what's the curve, John? Uh, Swimming curve.
3: Uh, yes, that's the yeah.
2: um, one. <coughs> that till it uh, till it's on the dip and and review it then. But mm. if it's being successful, stick with it.
3: Do you agree with that, John? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You've got to, but. Sometimes when you meet the competition, it's, it's good to build up a strategic alliance. Yes. A, a, and they like that. Mm. So you do the same as me. Let's be a force together. And, and you'd be surprised how, how many big businesses now are joining I mean an alliance with each other. Yeah. And, and they're helping
1: each other get more business. Because yeah. there are bigger organizations, bigger businesses who will have multiple people in different groups within the same organization or infrastructure Uh, does that work elaine do you think or again is it diluted because i suppose you're talking about different people with different contact books Mm. but i guess it's still one business and they can only still pass business out in one direction in certain areas so if they need an electrician there's only one electrician they can use but if they've got four people in four groups which electrician gets used is, is that the problem
0: yeah i don't i mean i think that's yeah probably a very big question isn't it and it all boils down to the individual company doesn't it so if you if you can manage your networking because ultimately if you're going out there to generate business and you actually can't manage the business you're getting then you're going to fall flat on your face anyway because people are going to say well don't bother using them because they haven't got enough people to support you so i think you you know it's a fine line isn't it um I, i think that there's probably not many who do it to that level that it would damage their business. Uh the other thing again it's reviewing it, isn't it, really? Uh, but can I mention my our lovely groupie, Jen, um, and she is a copywriter and she's just she's not long started her business and she's just brilliant. Uh and uh anyway she she went to her first networking meeting and she did a blog about it um which I, I read and uh it's just so true. It just reminds you so much about the sweaty palms, the who makes eye contact with you who who sort of smiles at you who doesn't and all those things that you think oh yeah you forget what that's like don't you that uh, what it's like to walk in when you have only ever worked for someone before and this is the first time on your own in your own business you've set foot into a networking thing so I think we should never underestimate how nervous uh, people can get and look out for them as they walk in a room because it's uh, a lot goes on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes doesn't it well (laughs) you're
1: you're quite an outgoing guy John you're quite uh, vibrant as a character noticed um, (laughs) no how did you feel when you First went to a networking meeting. Well, my first
3: network when I was in the Royal Sun Alliance, and the directors ordered me to go to London. Now, a scouser going to London, and it was <laughs> it, it was a big occasion. It was a big mm. occasion. I, I was totally out of my comfort zone, but I, I, I just re- I just read the book on the train and just uh, just listen. So every time I met somebody, I, I used I to ask them questions about the career, why, what, what did you do? And they used to talk and talk and talk. And then and, and, and I went to different people and I just listened and listened and yeah. listened. And somebody come, come up to me at the end and said, you Scousers are well-mannered. <laughs> no, you, you, you've been brilliant tonight. Everybody's singing your praises. Yeah. Because I was scared to talk, so I just yeah. listened Listen, to asking yeah. them a question. And yeah, they say yeah. your person who asks questions always has control. Yeah. Were you nervous? Oh, dead, dead nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were some MPs there. There were some lords and all this.
1: And do you still get nervous?
3: Yeah, I, I, I do. But you, you've got to work on your inner world reflect your outer world. So before you go networking, you've got to say a person looks at you, they can see what type of person you're on inside. So you've got to use affirmations, you've got to build yourself up, I can do as I can, I'm the best, I'm the best. And if you say those affirmations, you feel more confidence inside, but some people go networking, oh, I'm gonna fail, I'm no good. Yeah. And people pick it up, the body language, they say well, we'll do, yeah. we won't do business with them. They got yeah, the so true.
0: Body language is important. Yeah, Chris,
1: <laughs> how did you feel when you first went networking?
2: I can yeah. remember the first serious networking event I went to in the Midlands it was a uh, a big dinner, industry dinner, and I have to say, all the networking took place after dinner. I was fine sitting around the table because you know you you can only. I usually have an empty chair next to me anyway, Mark. So there's only one person. <laughs> <into the table. laughs> Nonsense, Chris.
1: <laughs> I would sit next to you because you buy the first round. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but uh, well, I I got to we, we got to the the networking stage at the end or the socialising stage. It wasn't formal networking, but it was networking of its type. And I just froze. I thought I'm going back to the hotel, and I left because I couldn't face it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um,
1: and and how soon after that? Because you clearly got over it at some point. How long did it take you? And what what did you do to get over that mind mental block?
2: Um, I always had a problem with public speaking even even just standing up in front of 20 people and um, which, which was unusual because I, sh- I shouldn't have had with uh, over the years um, but I've got to say and it's not because he's sitting here but I went on uh, John's workshops um, probably about seven or eight years ago now John's courses oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I did I did three of them and they took me so far outside my comfort zone i never had a problem with public speaking ever again because um in fact john john convinced me that i i could do it if i wanted to um so i i i owe a debt of gratitude to john in in that respect because i haven't looked back since then i just wish it had been 30 years previously Mm -hmm. but then you can't look back you've got to look forward yeah
1: I think my first experience, I genuinely had absolutely no idea where I was going or what it was I was supposed to be doing. A friend of mine had, had invited me because I'd only just set up and he, he didn't particularly explain what it was I was doing. So all I knew I was getting up before the sun rose <laughs> <laughs> and, and going to the docks and um, having socialised with my good friend for many years prior to that I was wondering where he was taking me and what he was going to do to <laughs> me and there you go and I, and I arrived and I think because I didn't know anything about what I was doing I didn't have that same level of nerves mm-hmm. uh, but I think when someone came up to me within sort of the first 10 minutes was talking about how they could be passing me work I think the penny dropped pretty quickly and, and I'd zoned in so I, I didn't particularly find it too difficult no. I don't know whether that's that's a romantic remembering <laughs> of the scenario <laughs> but I don't think I, did, I didn't I wasn't told I had to do a 60 seconds so again I made it up on the fly and as you can hear from this I probably did it relatively incompetently <laughs> um, but with great vigour John. Yeah, well, done. well done well great wow. vigour uh, <laughs> incompetence and vigour oh, no. and we all still oh. network do we not we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do.
0: 100%. Yeah. And I've got to say, I, when I started networking, because of the, my journey, I didn't necessarily have to network as such for till the last sort of five years, really. And because I was part of a bigger company, everybody knew everybody. And, you know, the, for the, the role I was in, a lot of people knew who I was. So I never had that problem of chatting to people at all until, of course, you get out of the big wide world and then you realize, uh, you know, it's your own business and you're, you're actually representing yourself. And I find it quite daunting. And people say, oh, you know, you're you're quite chatty and confident." I really, I have some real phobias of walking into a room and not knowing where to go to or who's um, who to speak to or, or things like that. And, and I, I found that really quite daunting. So you, we should never underestimate, if, uh, as I said earlier, how people feel. We can even the most confident That's people right. can feel oh god this is way out of my comfort zone so yeah. yeah you never know
1: okay so john because you've been very kind um in joining us today as a guest really it, it like would be it. it would be outrageous if we didn't give you an opportunity to shamelessly plug all the opportunities and benefits that people can get from your uh, your 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 experience and your knowledge so you mentioned the international coaching academy and um, what sort of things does that offer i think chris mentioned uh, training courses
3: Oh yeah, well, because we've been going twenty years now, we, we, we've got we've franchised the company, and people are doing well from the franchise. They, they, they like to own their own academy and deliver courses themselves. But the big thing we deliver master courses, you know, around the world. But the big thing now we've we've gone into online learning, so people from India, and Australia, they can see they can look at our or courses 24 7 and what kind of things of do you cover we, we, we cover communication skills leadership skills business skills and definitely personal performance skills like networking and self-esteem okay
1: and do you have a website address oh yes yes <laughs> internationalcoachingacademy.org fantastic mm-hmm. and that's not it is it john you have something rather exciting on the horizon that i haven't had an opportunity to just sort of oh, preview in advance yes well th- then th- th- exclusive th-
3: people thanks for y- yourself mark and, and emma um my first book will come out will come out just before christmas and you're artistic. Uh, the headline has been brilliant so it's a book about my life it's all about and um, tips and how you should work and when I went to Kenya and when I went to India and I got the snake bite <laughs> or so things like that. That
2: wasn't uh, a drink, was it? No, no I it wasn't Chris. <laughs>
1: no, no. no comment. Uh. It's a mixture, isn't it, between a, a self-help book but That's with a, right, a very self-help. narrative spin on it. So That's you're right. telling it's, stories but yeah. with a story behind it's, them, it's a real story, reason. The mistakes are made and the psychology um. of it all. And where will you be able to get that book when it's out very shortly? That's up to you, Mark. You're <laughs> kind <of> do it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you will be able to download an online version on Amazon. That's right, yeah. Is there any chance you might do an audio version at some hey, point in the future? Hey, that's a good idea. Mm. I'd love that. Mm. Um, right. I really would love that. Are there yeah. going to be printed copies available? Yes, 100%, yeah. How much are they going to be going for? Well, that's up, rates.
3: That, that's up to Emma. It'll be about £7, but for you people, I'll just sign it because you
1: people are lovely. Uh, <laughs> that
0: <would be> <laughs> that's on recording yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, We're you're, you're being good friends, good friends.
1: <laughs> and Chris, do you have a book that's coming out soon? Or if not, what can people... Get from your benefits. Well, you uh,
2: might mock, Mister Pollard. But I ha- I have a, a Kindle book out there that's been out since all oh, time. Oh, I that, on. that one, Chris. It's so go on it's then. It's utterly out of date now, <laughs>
0: but nevertheless, it's there.
2: Go on, well, title Chris. Uh,
0: Nineteen eighty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: have to take this. <laughs> Uh, to be honest mark i know this sounds dreadful but it's 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 so much out of date i've i've even forgotten the, the title <laughs> so uh, let's let's not worry about it i'll i'll, I'll write another one write another yeah, yeah.
1: social media in business what's the point oh the yes, yes it's wow. got it's got five star review look at that. that
2: that could have been me <laughs> <laughs> you can get
1: it on kindle people uh, so if you just Great. type in Stop. if you type in Chris Roxburgh in the search engine, you can get it. It's still available. Of things will Chris. go to the Chris Roxburgh Foundation, um, but you also <laughs> do you also do training courses as well, don't General you?
2: So workshops for for social media platforms such as LinkedIn, such as Facebook, uh, and, and so on. I do like to take the fear out of uh, out of social media for for today's business people because. Um, there is nothing to be afraid of. Yet people aren't using it properly because they're worried about what uh, what other people might uh, might think, put, say, do,
1: etc. And where can they get the full list of all your services?
2: On my website, which is www dot two gs in the middle dot co dot uk.
1: He loves his well, two G's,
0: John. He loves <laughs> his two G's. Does he now? <laughs> you naughty
3: boy,
1: Chris. <laughs> oh, dear. Elaine, come on, oh, I know I
0: am going to because I'm working on a labour of love at the moment and it's coming to fruition. And it's um it's called 10 Minutes, 10 Days and 10 Actions. And it's for accidental salespeople. So it's all those people out there who think, oh, I've started a business and I actually don't feel like I can sell at all. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be online. So... As I say, it's 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions, and it'll be out in December. So I'll be doing the the launch of it then. So, really, really excited about that.
1: And mm. you could subscribe to it or sign up to it, rather, can't you? Yes, on, your on website, my website. Which yes, is?
0: it's www.tosummitup.com. That's two M's in the middle. <laughs>
2: Otherwise, it'd be too soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And not to miss out on this party, I'm going to shamelessly plug as well. Come Please on. do. Because my business is Funky Vibes. We're a marketing agency, so we can help you with your graphic design, whether it be a book cover, eh, John? Um, mm-hmm. Or your, your social media graphics, eh, Chris? So. Or we can help develop your website so that you are uh, you're, you can offer these fabulous online courses, eh, Elaine? Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. So you can visit our website, which is still being built, which is funkyvibes.co.uk. Uh, there's no two Vs, there's no two Bs, there's no two Fs. Uh, we're funky enough, John, without all of that shenanigans. Um, I think that's all about it. So, um, again, if you can subscribe and like us, give us some comments. If you've got any questions for John, send us an email to gofish at thepodstation.co.uk. We'll pass it on to him. and We'll make sure he can get in touch with you with, with anything. So, I think a massive thank you to you, John, for joining thank us. Very you much for you. Thank you. I very much appreciate your time. And thank you very much for joining me, guys.
3: Well, thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, been thanks to nomad. John it's for coming along excellent. today. Really, I love your really company. Fantastic. <laughs>
3: you.
0: Support the station by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pod station. Yes, social at the pod station on Facebook, Twitter and
2: Instagram.